Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Good afternoon, guys. Welcome to Let Me Touch You Podcast. I am your host, Barbara, also known as Barbie. Um, Today's episode will be about mental health. Okay, so before I get started discussing mental health, I want to discuss a few things with you guys. Okay, first and foremost, I want to thank everyone who has reached out regarding um, the schedule that I posted in regards of who would like to record with me and things like that. So far, I've booked August 7th, August 14th, August 21st. The only date I have open for now is August 27th. But we all know the little stress I went through this weekend just to record today's episode. It had originally been planned out to record with someone and that didn't work out. And those who know me know that I get crazy when things don't go according to my plan. Like it just messes up my whole mood. I was horrible yesterday. So guys, please, if you've booked one of these days, I will contact you. Let's say, for example, for the seventh, I have someone on the fourth. I'm going to confirm with you. And if I don't hear anything from you, that's it. I'm like Xing you out. I do not have time to be stressing myself over people who do not take this serious. You know, a lot of people think it's just something that I get on and talk and talk. But no, like I throughout the week, I'm setting up and doing research, making sure I share facts with you guys because I just don't want to share any little thing that I think this could be or that. I want to share facts with you guys. So I do research. I plan out how, you know, I'm going to outline the episode. I put a lot of planning into it because my OCD is crazy and I plan everything. So just imagine with this. So please, guys, if you're not sure, 100% sure that you can do it, no hard feelings. You can hit me up and be like, listen, Barbie. Um, I know I had told you I was going to record with you such and such date, but I think it's best you take me out. I won't get upset. I'm going to get upset if the date comes and I'm calling you and you're not answering or you're supposedly on your way and then all of a sudden something happened. Like, no. So please keep it 100 with me and let me know. So like I said, the only date I have available so far so far, people, caps so far, is August 27th. The other days, I'm going to give people a chance and we'll see what happens. I want to thank certain podcasters that reached out to me when they saw my post of the sorry for the inconvenience stuff about yesterday. You know, a couple of people reached out and they told me that if needed, they're always available to do any last minute recordings. That meant so much to me. 
it's crazy how you get more support from people you don't know than people you actually do know. I love the fact that I decided to go through with this because the podcast family is just like amazing. You guys are amazing. Love you guys. So guys, once you're done listening to this episode, make sure you go back and look at the description because I'm going to put up important information that I'm going to share towards the end. Of course, you know, I'm going to say it, but sometimes you're listening while you're either jogging or at work on your lunch break or something, and you might not have pen and paper at that moment. So I'm going to put that information that I want you guys to have in case it's needed on the description. So make sure that if you don't have a chance to jot it down, don't worry. Just make sure you check the description part. That info would definitely be there. So let's start talking. Mental health. Mental health is one major thing that a lot of people do not like to discuss whether it be because they're ashamed to discuss it because they don't want people to judge them just because they might be experiencing one of these things or it just might be like a little a touchy topic for them I don't know but you know it's one thing that isn't discussed as much and I feel that it should be because a large percentage of us are suffering from some sort of mental health condition whether we want to admit it or not you know life happens things happen and sometimes things happen that are a little too hard for us to deal with and it can mess us up one way or another I know I've gone through a bunch of things and you know it's not easy but if you have the right support system there's nothing in life that you cannot conquer so some of the mental health conditions that people may be going through can be either anxiety, schizophrenia, eating disorders, mood disorders, personality disorders, and even substance abuse can also be considered a mental health illness. On an article I read, it stated that nearly 43.8 million American adults, and that's just adults people, suffer from some sort of mental illness. And I'm sure at least 75% of those adults that suffer from it don't get any help because they're either ashamed or they're told that it's all in your head and it's something that they try to fight alone and they can't and life changes for them and it becomes really, really difficult to get out of that funk once you're in it. When mental health goes untreated, it can increase things like... um alcohol abuse, drug abuse. Then once you start having those issues and abusing drugs, alcohol, it changes your life to the point where you can eventually lose your job, become homeless. Once you're homeless, you feel like you've hit rock bottom and some people can become suicidal. Like I feel like it's all a chain reaction that can be stopped if once you realize that you are going through something, you find help. Figure out a way to fix it before it becomes a little too late. All of the mental health examples, mental health illness, sorry, examples that I gave earlier can affect your everyday life, whether you believe it or not. It can affect how you feel, how you perceive things, how you treat other people, how you allow other people to treat you. 
Like it's it's something that shouldn't be taken lightly. So we're gonna discuss a few signs and symptoms and I'm gonna give you guys the best advice that I can from my experiences to help you get through whatever you may be going through. The two main disorders that I'm gonna discuss today are anxiety and depression. Two main disorders that a lot of people suffer from and don't want to admit it or try to ignore it, but I am not ashamed to let you guys know that these are two things that I suffer from. So this is why I decided to talk about these two instead of any of the others because the advice that I'm going to give you guys is based on personal experience, things that have worked for me. So here it goes. So the first thing I'm going to discuss is anxiety. I know a lot of people may ask themselves, what is anxiety? Like, you know, how can it be defined? The best way I can define it is that it's an emotion, basically. It's basically how your brain reacts to a stressful situation. Let's say, for example, if you're going to take a test or if there's a fight, things like that. There's, of course, there's normal anxiety. Everybody suffers from anxiety. There's the normal, the normal, sorry, anxiety, which will be the way you feel before taking a test. Everybody gets anxious. There are also some people who get anxious before public speaking. I swear that's me. I hate it. Hate being a center of attention. Um, let's say making a huge decision. If you got to decide whether, let's say you hit the lotto, am I going to spend this money to get a house, get a car? Put it towards the kids' college funds. You know, little things like that. Some people get anxious just making decisions or doing something new. That's normal. Now, if you get anxious for every little thing in your life, then you have an anxiety disorder. So there's different types of anxiety disorders. Um, Some people suffer from panic attacks. I don't know why I'm so tongue twisted today. Bear with me. I'm sorry. So some people suffer from panic disorders, which gives them panic attacks. It's a say, um, I remember one time it happened to my ex-sister-in-law. We were at a restaurant ordering food and a guy came in and he was like all bloody. It looked like he had just gotten beat up and you know, she was surprised. She had never witnessed something like that before. We grabbed our food and we went back to her house. And then all of a sudden, like five, 10 minutes later, she started sweating. She couldn't breathe. She started having chest pains. She started feeling basically like she was having a heart attack. We had to call 911 and take her to the hospital. I remember her mom, my ex-mother-in-law screaming at me, why did you take her to the restaurant this time at night? I was pregnant at that time, guys, by the way, which is the only reason why we went out late. And um, because we really thought she was having a heart attack. Like, you know, we thought what she saw impact her so much that she was really having a heart attack. She started feeling numb. It was it was crazy. And when we took her to the hospital and she got checked out, it turned out to be an anxiety attack. So those who suffer from anxiety, panic attacks, Keep that in mind. Look out for those little signs. Um, Rapid heart rate. You start sweating all of a sudden. It's basically like you're going to have a heart attack. That's how you feel. I suffered from one, let's say, like two weeks ago. 
I went through a little situation with some friends and, you know, because of what happened, I was hurt and it affected me to the max that the next day I thought I was having a heart attack. I was like, oh my God, what's going on? But then I reached out to someone I know who suffers from anxiety and she sent me some videos, some meditation videos and things like that. And it helped. Before I did them, I was like, if this doesn't help, I have to go get seen because this is not normal. I was constantly feeling like the pressure on my chest throughout the whole day for like two days. But thank God those videos did justice and they helped a lot. So keep that in mind, guys. Um, Meditation videos, listening to soothing music. I tend to do that sometimes. Like I'll, I'll tell the kids that I'm not feeling good. I'll close the door and I'll just play um like the quiet noise that we tend to use for kids when they're younger to help them sleep that type of noise helps me or I listen to classical music any type of music you like that helps calm you and takes you to a good place do it it believe me it helps it helps me a lot music is like my medicine I swear so now there's also social anxiety you have those people who are, um, I'm not going to say introverts because introverts, they just don't really like being around people, but, um, people who suffer from social anxiety, just the thought of going to an event and walking into the room and having all eyes on them and people judging them, they're going to think people are talking about them and things like that. Those are people who suffer from social anxiety. They, therefore, they avoid going to big events, family events, social gatherings, things like that, because they feel others are going to judge them. Then you have also a phobia. Guys, Lord have mercy. Phobias. So I'm going to tell you two of my phobias. I have a phobia of heights. I am afraid of heights. Like, I cannot even look out the window if I'm on the second or third floor. I live on the second floor. I do not look out the window. I keep my blinds closed all the time. I can't. I just can't do it. Um, And also bugs. Yeah, bugs do it for me. It could be a mosquito, a firefly. Yes, I'm afraid of fireflies. My kids put them in jars and they chase me all over the place with them. Any type of bug, I can't do it. Nope, nope, nope. I think that phobia began when I was younger. I was in Puerto Rico. My grandfather had passed away. And I got attacked by a couple of water bugs while I was taking a shower. Yep. And then I think the following day, my cousin and I were playing outside in the yard and I stepped on an anthill. I didn't notice. I stepped on an anthill. My legs were covered with red ants. My mom had to take hot water. She took a pot full of hot water and put them on my legs so those little damn ants could get off. So yeah, I don't like any type of bugs. I don't even like butterflies. Brown Zoo, I've never been to the butterfly house. Never will. I would die. So whatever you guys do, if you invited me to a barbecue or something, make sure you have bug spray because I'm going to harass you for some. 
make sure you have those little lanterns on to keep the bugs away. Because if you don't, I'm sorry, don't invite me. I'm not going. Okay, so <laughs> let's go to the next type of anxiety, which is separation anxiety. Um, one of my twins suffers from separation anxiety. They say mainly children suffer from this type of anxiety, but I can see it happening with adults as well. Separation anxiety is basically where you're afraid to be separated or to leave someone that you're close to. For example, with children, um, daycare, school. My son got diagnosed with separation anxiety about a year and a half ago. It started when my mom stopped taking care of him and I put him in daycare. You know, he was already four. It was about that time for him to go to daycare. And once I put him in daycare, like he, it was too much for him to handle. He was always used to my mom. My mom has been taking care of all of my kids while I've worked. I've never put any of my children in daycare, but it being twins, you know, I felt bad for my mom. My mom is 75. She helps me as much as she can. Give me one second because Emma just walked in. Okay, sorry about that. I'm back. Um, so yeah, I had never put any of my children in daycare and I had to put the twins in there and he hated it. Like he would cry. He would cry for my mom every morning. Instead of crying for me, he cried for my mom and he wouldn't eat while he was at daycare. It was just horrible. So horrible. He lost so much weight in the beginning. And um, I decided to get him therapy. I noticed what he was going through and he would get angry. I felt like if he was mad at me, like if it was my fault that he was feeling this way because I took him away from my mom. I'm sorry you guys hear as I'm screaming in the background. They're in the room playing their video games and I am in my room recording. So, you know, I told his doctor what he was going through. She suggested therapy and thank God the therapy has helped. Um, he would see his therapist once a week and they would discuss, you know, how he felt and things like that. I really don't know the full extent to what his therapist and him speak of. He's five now. And even though he's five, you know, he still has that patient confidentiality thing going with his therapist. So she, anything that he'll tell her during the session, she cannot tell me unless she feels he's going to hurt himself or someone else. But therapy has worked even through quarantine. He still does therapy once a week over the phone or through Zoom. So if any of you guys are suffering from it or any of your children it's best to seek help ASAP instead of waiting till things get worse okay so when it comes to anxiety there's different risks risk 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 factors tongue twisted today don't know why different risk factors that you know you guys should look out for one of them could be if you're going through a financial situation, you know, your funds are low, it can trigger anxiety. Um, some people who are shy, believe it or not, um, the shyness can contribute to anxiety. If also you've received some sort of bad news, that can definitely trigger anxiety, hence what happened to me 
about two weeks ago. Um, the fear of failing. For example, before let's say you're gonna take a driver's test or a state exam, any type of exam, that can trigger anxiety as well. And any dramatic event, like for example, the event that my ex-sister-in-law experienced at the restaurant. It can be anything from fight, car accident, any little thing that can trigger any of those anxiety disorders that I discussed. Some of the symptoms that you should look out for are um, sleeping problems. That's like one of the main things, but it's kind of hard because some people who are stressed suffer from sleeping problems. So I don't know, but one of the main things are sleeping problems, um, increased heart rate, the whole sweating the palpitations, the chest pain, that whole scenario that I explained earlier, and lack of concentration. That can be another symptom of anxiety. Some quick treatments, pick-me-ups that you can do to help you during your anxiety is um, talking to someone. If you're feeling anxious, sometimes talking can help. The person that I normally call is my mom. Whenever I'm feeling anxious, I'll speak to her about it, you know, get her point of view on whatever it is I'm going through. And for some reason, her voice soothes me. So she helps me a whole lot more than she knows. Um, you can also try to start thinking positive. You know, sometimes we're always thinking negative. A lot of people try to set themselves up that way. Like they set their mind up to be failed. That way, if they are failed, in any aspect, it's something they expected. But we have to try to be more positive, people. Try thinking more positive. There's always therapy. It helps. My son is a huge example. I've done therapy before as well. Now I really don't have as much time as I wish I did, but therapy does help. So if you have the time, as a matter of fact, it's not if you have the time, make the time. If you reach the point where you need therapy, make the time for it. Make the time for yourself and get the therapy and the help you need. Um, physical activities. Go out, go for a walk, enjoy some time with your friends, your family. Do something to keep your mind going. And last but not least, meditation. Like I said, those little meditation videos that my friends send me, helped me a whole lot. You'll be surprised how much they'll help. So enough about anxiety. Now we're going to talk about depression. Depression. Some might ask, what is depression? The way I define depression is basically a mood disorder that constantly makes you feel sad and it takes away your interest in things you once enjoyed doing. Let's say, for example, if, example, hear me, Lord, Lord, I don't know what's going on. But let's say, for example, you once enjoyed cooking, um, riding a bike, dancing, writing, reading. All of those things you once enjoyed, that goes out the window. So depression affects how you feel, think, and even how you act. So it's a serious one, people. Pay close attention to the signs and symptoms that I'm about to give you because if this 
one mental health issue is not taken care of, it can lead to a whole bunch of other things. The first thing I'm going to bring up is the risk factors. Just like anxiety, it has risk factors as well. My English is nobody good looking today. I don't know. But you know what I'm saying. So one of the main risk factors is family history. A lot of people who suffer from depression can be because, you know, it's hereditary. If it runs in the family, unfortunately, you have a higher percentage of suffering from it as well. Something else that may lead to depression can be a dramatic change in your life. Let's say, for example, God forbid you lose your job and, you know, you don't have any money saved and you're about to lose your apartment, lose your car, you have children and you just don't know what to do. This can lead you to depression. Something else that can lead to depression can be medications. Some medications doctors give you, if you read the side effects, one of the side effects I'm sure is depression. So pay attention to that. You know, if it's a medication that you can go without, then try your best to go without it because sometimes one medication that's given can lead to another medical condition that you do not want to have to go through. Another thing that can lead to depression can be um, medical conditions. For example, with me, I suffer from hypothyroidism and something called Hajimoto's disease, which is also related to the whole thyroid thing the whole thyroid family. Um, And one of the side effects of hypothyroidism is depression. I was on depression medication. Did it help? Yes, it helped me a whole lot. But I just recently got off of them about a month and a half ago. About a month and a half ago, I decided to, you know, change my life a little. I decided to go on a weight loss journey. And throughout that process, I decided, you know, if I'm going to change the way I'm eating, the way I'm living, maybe this will help with my depression. And it has, it has helped me so much. So when you suffer from depression, sometimes, you know, it affects your self-esteem and things like that. And it was affecting me. If you guys look through my personal Instagram page, you will see that. I don't post as much selfies as I used to. And the other day, I went to the salon and I was feeling cute after losing my 10 pounds. And I took a nice couple of selfies and I posted them. So, you know, everybody is different. Everybody deals with things in life differently. Um, With the things I've been going through lately, the depression was trying to take over me, but I didn't let it. You know, it's not something mental like some people say, oh, it's all in your head, get over it. No, it's very real and it's very difficult to battle with, especially when you have people telling you it's all in your head and you'll be fine, get over it. Like you need the right people in your corner to be able to get through any type of mental health issues, whether it's depression, anxiety, anything. If you do not have the right people in your circle, all they're going to do is make you feel worse and make you feel ashamed about what it is that you're going through and what are you feeling. And you're going to eventually shut everybody out, get worse than what you are, 
and you'll have to reach the point where you need not one medication, but two or three different type of medications, constant therapy, like you don't want to go through that. So if you are suffering from either anxiety or depression, the one thing you need to do is check who's in your circle, reevaluate friendships, anything. And if the people around you cannot be there for you and support you, support what you're going through and not be judgmental, you don't need them in your life. You know, um, when I started this whole weight loss battle, I constantly prayed and because, you know, from the beginning, people had their negative things to say on different type of things. Oh, why are you doing this? You should do this and all, whatever. Um, So once you start something that is going to benefit you, anything, whether it's weight loss, for example, me with the podcast, you're always going to get people to talk crap, give you negative feedback. What, What I do when that happens, I just pray. For those of you who believe in God, the power of prayer is amazing. Um, I started praying that, you know, anybody who did not deserve to be in my life, God will remove them from it. Because there's a lot of times you have people in your life and they don't value you just as much as you value them. They won't do for you as much as you would do for them. In life, no one really does as much as you would do for them. But, you know, you got to... They got to show that they appreciate and value you as much as you value them in, in one way or another. So, you know, I began to pray and little by little, people were dropping like flies. I kid you not. It was hard to deal with because some of the people that dropped like flies were people that I shared a lifetime friendship with. But I'm a strong believer that everything happens for a reason, so... I leave it all in God's hands and what's meant to happen will happen eventually. Some of the symptoms that you should look out for, whether it's for you or a loved one, is um, isolation. If you constantly want to be by yourself and you're normally not like that, you're the type of person that likes to be around everyone and all of a sudden you're not feeling being around nobody, you just want to stick to yourself then that can be a sign of depression or to save your child who is usually, you know, up and about playing around with his siblings or always wants to be outside with their friends. And all of a sudden they just want to stay at home. Keep an eye out parents. That can be a sign as well. If you're constantly feeling sad, angry, like frustrated, all these mixed emotions, that can be another sign of depression as well make sure you really, really pay attention to your moods, your mood swings. If you're feeling cranky and tired and not able to sleep, it's another thing, guys, another sign of depression. If, um, let's say, you've changed, if you've noticed someone has changed, their personality has changed, not for the better, for the worse, um, you know, don't judge them before you really know what's going on because that can also be a sign of depression. Memory loss. That happened to me. <laughs> My memory, I'll be like, um, what was I just doing? What did I come in here for? It was ridiculous. And I didn't know I was suffering from depression until 
after I had my twins. Nope, I'm lying. Before that, let's say three years before I had the twins, I went through a situation with a guy that I was dating. We were fine. We were like the happiest couple ever. And then one day he comes to my job and he's like, oh, um, I got called for the army. I'm leaving now. I'm like, what? Like right in the middle of my job. I was with a patient. I'm like, what are you talking about? He was like, yeah, I'll call you when I come back. I finished my patient. He left. I tried calling his phone. Number was disconnected. That right there was what caused me to have my first depression episode. I would be at work and I would just sit at my desk and cry. I would read out what taxes over and cry. And I would just ask myself, like, what the heck happened? Like, if they really did call him to the military, like, you just, they don't do that one day to another thing. I said, something must have happened. Like, I was just going crazy. And, you know, as time went by, he came back saying that he was discharged from the military, I think. And, you know, I left it alone. Um, years went by and I found out when he quote unquote left to go to the military, he left to go marry some other chick. So yeah, that set off my whole depression stuff. I had to get on medication because I was a horrible, I was a hot mess. I would just sit there at work and I'm helping a patient and I'm crying like a retard. Like the tears would just start flowing. I'm like, what the heck is wrong with me? It was, it was horrible. I don't wish that on anyone, but I did what I had to do. Once I saw, you know, the signs, I spoke to my doctor. She put me on the lowest dose of medication and it helped. And then once I thought I was good to get off of them, slowly but surely, she weaned me off the medication and I was off meds for years. But then it started again once I had the twins. When I had the twins, um, they thought I was going through postpartum depression I went to get checked, they had me on medication, and like I'll say, like two months later, I go back to my doctor, I'm like, this medication is not working, I don't understand, it worked for me before, something's wrong. So she did some blood work, and that's when they realized that I was suffering from hypothyroid. So it wasn't that I was depressed, it was that I was suffering from hypothyroid, and that makes you feel like you're depressed. And there's times where I have, you know, my episodes and the depression is like more than I can take. And that's why I had gotten back on medication. But now that I'm working on myself and learning more about myself, I have learned how to control things and be off of medication. Thank God. Because it has always been something mild. I've never suffered from severe depression where... I'm thinking of killing myself or hurting someone else. It's never been that severe, thank God. I just get in a funk where I want to sleep. I don't want to eat. I don't want to deal with anyone. And it's hard for me because I'm a single mom of four. So to fight that, it would be so horrible. Days that I couldn't fight it and I just wanted to lay in bed, I would have to call my mom and she would come and pick up the kids or call the twin's father and he would come help. But like I said, if you don't have a good support system, it's going to be hard for you to get through it. I thank God that my support system is amazing. And I have amazing friends that I can talk to. If I'm feeling a certain type of way, it doesn't matter the time, I'll text them. 
like, oh, I feel like shit. And I'll start venting and they'll give me advice and, you know, we'll take it from there and it will help me feel a whole lot better. Besides the whole venting and, you know, taking time for myself, I would always make sure and I still try my best to make sure that I have at least eight hours of sleep. That's one thing you can try to do to help yourself, guys. I know it's hard, especially for us parents. But try your best to at least get eight hours of sleep. I try my best to. Um, I try to set schedules. Schedules help me. I set up a schedule. That's why I say it like my OCD. I plan everything. But it helps. But when something goes off track, it drives me insane. But I've learned how to control myself. But setting the schedule does help. And just try to be realistic with your schedule. Um... Let me see um, what else I do. The music helps me as well when I'm feeling depressed. I'll blast my music. I'll start cleaning, doing things that I enjoy. The podcast, when I tell you, me starting the podcast during this whole quarantine COVID stuff is what saved me because I am not used to being a stay-at-home mom. I've always worked. The most I'll take is, you know, the maternity leave. But after that, I'm back to working full time. So once again, not having the schedule that I was used to, it threw me off and I felt like so out of place. But I started, you know, looking for things that I like to do and I enjoyed, which would be the music. I would do arts and crafts with the kids. I kept myself busy. I created a schedule with the kids. You know, since this that was going to be my new norm, I created a schedule for that new norm. And that helped me and the kids a lot. And that's when I decided to do the podcast because I felt like my life was only about my children. You know, as parents, we tend to do that. We dedicate all our time to the children, but we also need time for ourselves. So that's when I decided to do the podcast. And I said, you know what, this is something for me where I can get to talk to people and Whatever I'm feeling throughout that week, I'll make sure I discuss that weekend. And that's exactly how I decide on my episodes. I don't have a list of what episodes I'm going to record next. Whatever it is that I'm going through that week, that's what I'm going to discuss that weekend. Or if I see one of my friends are going through something and it touches me, that's what I'm going to discuss. I don't have a printout of all the topics I want to discuss in the future, no. I take it as the days come. Whatever I'm feeling, whatever touches me, that's what I'm going to talk about. And since I've been going through so much lately, this is why I decided to discuss mental health because I felt it's something that needs to be discussed and it's something that a lot of people go through and do not have the courage to talk about other people. I'm an open book, guys. Um... There's nothing I hide from anyone. I say how it is from beginning to end, whether you like it or not, that's on you. But I would never say anything on my podcast that is not true. Everything I discuss and any examples that I give you about me, it's something that I truly went through. And, you know, I feel comfortable sharing it with my listeners. So, you know. I give you guys my all because I appreciate the love and support that you give me, the feedback, everything, everything, everything. 
So I am an open book. If it comes to the point where you feel anything that I discuss doesn't help you, the walking, yoga, the schedules, trying to control your stress levels, detoxing your life from anything that brings any negative energy to you, main thing guys, detox, detox, detox. If you feel that you've done all of this and it's not helping you, there's nothing wrong with seeking your doctor's help. Go to your doctor, let them know how you're feeling, tell them that you've tried everything that you can, but it's not helping. Just because you're on medication for a disorder like this doesn't mean you have to be on the medication the rest of your life. Now, if you wait until it's too late and it becomes severe depression where you're thinking about hurting yourself or others, then yes, there's a possibility you might have to be on medication longer than normal. So if you're feeling this way, guys, just get the help. Sometimes you don't even need medication in the beginning. The therapy helps a whole lot. So don't think that just because you're going to go, you're going to be labeled and that's going to go around with you for the rest of your life. No, don't let it define you. You go, you can start off with therapy. If you feel the therapy isn't working, your doctor will start you on the lowest dose of medication and you take it from there. And when you're ready, like I felt I was ready, slowly but surely, you just start, you know, detoxing yourself from the medication and you'll be fine. So I'm going to give you guys some ideas of different activities that you can do, whether if you're at home or if you have a chance to go outside. I'm going to give you some different examples of things you can do to try to help you with both anxiety and um, depression. So some home activities is, um, let's see what you can do. You can do online exercise programs. You can sign up for some trials. Sometimes they have free trials. Sometimes there's a lot of free apps where you can download them and they'll have different exercise programs, you know, to keep your body going, keep you moving, you know, so you won't just be sitting at home doing a whole lot of nothing. Dancing my favorite thing like i said when i'm feeling a little down i'm in my funk put my music on i blast my music while i'm cleaning cooking i'm dancing singing and it helps me a lot and at the same time the kids are like oh mommy's in a great mood they start dancing and singing with me and it just becomes a little party with me and the kids you can also um if you're into ps4 xbox you know play a little don't spend your whole day on video games but you know interact with other people online talk to people online if you're a competitor look for a game that you're good at do things like that now as for outdoor things walks walks help a whole lot you know put your headphones on listen to music and just go for a walk walk around the block do some window shopping well now with this whole COVID thing going on, you don't want to be around a lot of people, but just walk. Try your best to walk and clear your mind. If you have a bike, go ride your bike. If you don't have a bike, now, you know, all over the Bronx, all over the city, there's different locations where you can stop and rent the bike, ride the bike, you know, just go for a nice long ride once again. If you enjoy music with your headphones on, just enjoy the different views around you enjoy the time to yourself if you live at a house and enjoy gardening that's another thing 
if you don't have a house and you still enjoy gardening, get some plants, you know, plant some things. Anything to keep you busy will help you a whole lot. But the main thing is you have to try your best to enjoy your time alone. It's hard. I know it's hard for me because I'm so used to being with all four of my children. I can't even use the bathroom alone sometimes. So when I'm alone, I don't know what to do with myself. But I've learned how to enjoy that time alone. It's much needed. Whenever my mom, you know, helps me out and gives me a little break and she stays with the twins, I'll come home and I'm not alone because my oldest is here. But, you know, the older they get, they really be in their own world. But it feels like if I'm alone, so I'll either catch up on a show that I like, read a book, do some cleaning. Most of the time I do cleaning. I catch up on cleaning, things like that, you know, help relax me. So whatever it is that you like to do on your alone time, figure it out and do it. But make sure you try to get that at least every now and then. I truly hope that everything that I shared has helped someone you know, whether it be help them realize that they are going through something and help them realize that there's nothing wrong with what you're feeling. You're not weak. It's not all in your head. Like some cultures try to make you feel that it's all in your head and you're just being weak and you got to get through it and you'll be fine. No, if you feel like you need the help, get it. There's nothing wrong with getting help. It takes someone twice as strong to actually admit that they need help and actually go out there and get it. So you're being the bigger and stronger person when you actually accept what it is that you're going through and move forward on helping yourself face whatever it is you're going through. I have a few numbers here that I want to share in case anyone is going through it right now and need someone to reach out to. So some hotlines I have here are the Mental Health America hotline. All you have to do is text M-H-A, that's M as in Mary, H as in Harry, A as in Apple, to 741-741. Once again, you text M-H-A to 741-741. I also have the National Suicide Prevention Line. Their number is 1-800-273-8255. Once again, that's 1-800-273-8255. We also have the crisis text line. If you're feeling upset, scared, hurt, frustrated, you can text CONNECT, C-O-N-N-E-C-T, to 741-741. That's CONNECT. C-O-N-N-E-C-T to 741741. That's a text. We also have the Samaritans line, which is New York based. 212-673-3000. That's 212-673-3000. And last but not least, the Veterans Crisis Line. That number is 1-800-273-8255. 1-800-273-8255. No, I'm not getting paid to share these numbers with you. These are numbers that I researched and I felt that you guys should have in case needed. 
So if you didn't get these, don't worry. I'm going to put the info down on my description so you'll have it there. In case you don't need it right now in the near future, you ever need it, it'll be there for you. So you know I can't end the episode without giving you a little quote. So this quote that I came across and I thought I should share with you says, I cannot stand the words get over it. All of us are under such pressure to put our problems in the past tense. Slow down. Don't allow others to hurry your healing. It is a process, one that may take years, occasionally, even a lifetime, and that's okay. Don't speed the process. Don't look at how the other person next to you is getting over whatever it is they're going through. Everyone is different. Everyone takes their own time in healing. There is no race to the healing process. Doesn't matter who gets there first. What matters is that you reach that process. Stay safe and stay blessed. And remember, I'm here for whoever needs me. I'm just a DM or email away. Until next week. Love you guys. Oh, 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 oh,